Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beat this tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. And then I got a great life. I was like, I got a great life outside of this one. <laughs> what am I doing? You know, I got a beautiful life. So I'm going to go back to that beautiful life. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, somebody's going to have to tell my boss because I know she's going to be sick. But I know I couldn't face her face to face and tell her. Even though I was just with her yesterday. And, and uh, we had a, a three-hour meeting about the direction of this great organization. And uh, so today, Rachel, I'm free, my love. I did you re- have you really not told Jeannie yet? <clears throat> no, I haven't. I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't stand on top. But the one thing that she had in me, somebody she could trust and loyal to her, then I will be that as well. I've been talking to people walking here. We've been talking about next year, and I'm sitting there saying, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> Dang. I mean, what a bombshell out of L.A. That was the press conference, the impromptu press conference that Magic Johnson held resigning, stepping down, quitting, whatever words you want to do, uh, use as Lakers president. Some really interesting stuff to come out of that. Um, I don't know. I, I, when he was hired, it's one of those hires where you're like, hmm, makes a lot of sense. Lakers legend, um, you know, tremendous amount of success as a businessman off the field, uh, off the court. And then you're like, all right, well, we'll give him a chance, but we'll see how it goes. And now I think it's been, it's, if, if there's been a lot of former players given jobs as executive GMs, front office positions, you got to have a different mindset to be a successful GM or an executive, way different mindset. And you better be hungry and have that drive. Cause if you don't, you're going to be sitting there like magic saying, I had a pretty nice life. I want to go back to that. And that's exactly what he did. Yes. That is a, you have to be a grinder to be in one of those jobs. I know I took one of those jobs. Um, there was a lot that I loved about the job. I wasn't a grinder. I didn't want to be, and I, and I, I traveled on every road trip and I went and I scouted on the road and I, and I did those things. Um, but it was clear to me that that's not what I love to do. I didn't want to be, um, at a desk or in a meeting all night. I didn't want to be at the office until 11 every night. And that wasn't, a reflection on the guys that did it. They they loved that more than I did. And I think Magic probably found out very quickly to be successful in that business, you had to commit way more of yourself to that job than he was willing to do. Um you know what I would say is it, it was kind of you know it was kind of weird that you've had all these meetings recently and you you sat down with LeBron in his camp not more than 3 days ago and then you sat down with Jeannie Buss he just said 2 days ago and you're having these planning sessions for what's going to take place uh and probably laying out kind of your vision as you see it but you 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 know that you're not going to be there like that's weird it seems like you should have um if you're magic and you and and you know he, he is a bigger than life personality and he holds all of this club that those are conversations that you have with people face to face like when i left when when I, when I told david griffin that i wasn't coming back to the Cavs, i was in the car with david griffin 
sitting in front of his house, if face to face, him in the passenger seat, me in the driver's seat, and it was a face to face, and I knew it was going to suck, and I knew that I was letting him down, but I owed him that much to say it to his face. I didn't, I didn't hold a press conference and then tell him, you know, hey man, did you see the press conference? Like that's something you do face to face with someone. It's, I mean, Magic deserves to get blasted for this. And he a lot of times gets a pass because of his personality, because he's Mr. Lovable, because he's got a great smile. But he deserves to get blasted for the way he's handled this. Absolutely. He's handled it really poorly. And to touch on something you just touched on, just because you were a world-class like Hall of Fame, maybe the greatest Laker ever on the court, that doesn't qualify you to run an NBA franchise. We talk about all the time, should this guy be given a head coaching job at the NBA level um, with no experience? No. That There's a lot of grooming and learning um, that, that takes place before you can do a job like that. So he wasn't qualified to begin with. Now, you know, some people thought he might be able to do it. I was one of them that, you know, jury's out. Let's see how this works out. Right. Um, but make no mistakes, he was never really probably even qualified to be doing the job that, that, that he was given in the first place. And then if you give a half-ass effort doing that job, it's going to make it even worse, which it Correct. sounds like he was when there was reports that he didn't spend enough time around the team, that he often wouldn't be on, on those planning meetings, that he wouldn't be around practice. And that would drive me nuts if I was Gina Bus. Now, again, if you have this relationship where you talk about that he loves her like a sister and they've been together forever, then maybe she's even blinded by it. And it's really hard to go to Magic and say, hey, you need to work harder. Like, right. you know, who's going to go tell him that? And if, if you do, then there's always the threat that he's going to leave. I think Phil Jackson is another example of a guy who's a tremendous head coach, maybe the best coach we've ever seen in the NBA. He gets hired by the Knicks. Same thing. I think owners fall in love with the players and the idea of having a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame player or coach run your organization, and it does not translate it do- unless it's a really unique individual. Yeah, it doesn't always translate. But uh, you know, Coca, our producer, and I don't usually give him a lot of praise, but he had a really good point about about Phil. Phil was at least involved with the game. Mm-hmm. Phil had coached the game at a super high level. He knew all the players. Um, he had a, a relationship with the front office. He had to for decades back and forth. So if you thought that that would translate to another position within the organization, one thing. You're just bringing a guy off the street for all intents and purposes. I mean, r- you know, Magic, yes, you, you played in the 80s, but he hasn't had anything to do with running an NBA team in the last couple of decades. You bring that guy in who's not even in touch not only with his, his, you know the rest of the league, but with his own team and the inner workings of of, of the Lakers. And yeah, if, if he's if he's not dedicated to the job at hand, that's going to be a mess. There's another example of a guy who has had a lot of success is John Elway with the Broncos. Now, recent success, people have trashed him, you know, saying he's been bad on evaluating quarterbacks. But he did bring two Super Bowl, uh, one title and one appearance sure. when he brought Peyton Manning in there. But you know what John Elway did? He went and owned an arena team first. Right. Bought that, like cut his teeth in arena football. And then when he got there, there was some stories about him. He would be at the combine, like one of the first guys at the hotel lobby, like grabbing coffee at 6 a.m., like ready to grind. Right. He enjoyed that grind, wanted it, like missed it as a player, like wanted to get back in there and a drive to do it. It takes a, uni- a unique person that if you're comfortably financially, that you're going to do that grind and that you're going to put in the work that, that some guys do and some guys don't. Any. When I took the job, and I wasn't even in Magic's role, I had David Griffin was the general manager. Um, Trent Redding, who is now with the Clippers, was the assistant general manager. Kobe Altman was the director of player personnel. And I was the director of player administration. It was kind of a created position for me to come in and be a jack-of-all-trades. Um, I was at every single Cleveland Cavaliers practice, unless I was on assignment somewhere else. I was at every single Cleveland Cavaliers road game and home game, unless... I was on assignment somewhere else. When I wasn't at those and I was on assignment, 
I was driving from, you know, Podunk, whatever town, to go scout a kid and going over here to Podunk to go scout a kid, driving over to University of Michigan or driving to Ohio State to go scout a kid. When I wasn't doing that, you know, I would have assignments to be looking at uh, the Maria Hazonias of the world, the kids coming out of the Euro League. You'd be at your desk. You'd have to fill out a report on that. Um, I did all of that, and I still didn't do half the work that the rest of them did. Right. Because I was in there getting a lift in the weight room or <laughs> right. shooting some J's when I could or doing something like that because that wasn't like who I was. You know, I was not a grinder. That was all just basic cable to say that you've done your job. And I'm not even talking about the meetings that last for four hours that you have to have every day going over the same thing to make sure that you have everyone on the same page. Um, I do all of that. And I'm not doing half the work of the names that I just said. That's the type of individual you have to be to do that job at a really high level. It is a full-time, 24-7 commitment if you want to do it and you want to do it well. Absolutely. I don't think people have any appreciation for the work that goes in behind the scenes if you're running a, a franchise in the NFL, NBA, or Major League Baseball. Pick your sport. I have no idea. Uh, some of the stuff that I thought was really embarrassing, some highlights or lowlights if you're a Lakers fan, um, is he said he had some interesting comments about why he wasn't comfortable, why he wasn't having fun. He said he had a lot of success. He was happier before, so he wanted to go back to being happy. He referenced specifically the Ben Simmons situation when Ben Simmons reached out to him, and he was very clear. He's like, we did it the right way, but he said it really bothered him that he was made to look like a bad guy and that typically he liked mentoring young players. But again, like that's a sacrifice you make of being an executive in the NBA is you can't just be everybody's mentor. You have to be your team's mentor. Yeah, he referenced a lot <laughs> – like, but he couldn't tweet at, at Russ Westbrook. Right. He referenced he tweeting specifically. Like, are you kidding me? You can't, you, social media means that much to you? Or, and he's not even good at Twitter. He's really not. He's <laughs> awful at Twitter. He brings really basic, obvious comments on Twitter. And that's what he missed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so there are a few things. First of all, you know, I'm a magic fan, but it's clear that magic. Of course, Ma we all are. I mean, we all grew up in his era. Ma magic loves magic. Of course he does. <laughs> yes, magic, yes. magic wants to be able to do all the stuff that he wants to do, and he doesn't want to be confined. He said it as much, right? He said, I'm a free bird, <laughs> and I've been handcuffed. I don't like that. Okay, so you've said you don't want to do the job. Um, I, I understand that. But, <laughs> look, what happened with the Lakers was you stepped in, and you gave this grandiose vision for what you were going to do and where you were going to get them to. And to some degree, and I, I feel like I'm the pot calling the kettle black just a little bit because I, I left the Cavs organization. I meant pretty much nothing to the Cavs. They had all of those names that I said that were going to get them where they want to go, and they got them there. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different story when you tell them after one year, hey, I'm out. Right. You brought, the, you, br you brought LeBron in there. You sold a lot of dreams, bro. You, you it's it, That's hard to get up and just say, hey, I'm out. And I want to touch on one other thing because I think this is a real thing. Magic alluded to, like, the backstabbing part of the game. It is a very politically charged environment. There are a lot of minefields to navigate there. And I, I would I would be remiss if I didn't say there are a lot of dudes probably in my own office that resented the fact that I had not grinded and that I had not paid my dues and that I was given that job. And so, Magic, if you took that job thinking that everyone was going to celebrate you having that job, you were very naive. There were probably a lot of dudes scattered around the league and maybe in his own even building that had a, a, a resentment level for Magic just being handed a job like that. And once they figured out he wasn't fully invested in that – they were going to start chirping, and then a lot of them were going to try to start taking advantage of that situation because you know he's not doing his due diligence. Yeah, he's uh, you know it's really been a, it's been an absolute disaster. The Lakers have, I mean, they're now now you can go back and find some clips of him whether he was on the set with the Fox baseball crew and he's saying, yeah, we got LeBron now. Now we're going to go out and get another player. We're going to bring a championship to LA. Right. He's out there guaranteeing championships. Um, there's reports that came out actually earlier in the day before he stepped down that at 
that had said Magic is an absentee exec, that Magic and Luke Walton haven't talked in like three or four weeks, that players had lost trust in LeBron. So you're starting to see a lot of cracks uh, yeah. in the foundation. And then the head of it all walks away. It begs the question, what in the world happens now with the Lakers? I don't know. Is it I'm- salvageable for LeBron who, you know, is getting older and he's – how is he going to recruit guys? How is he going to get that big alpha, you know, that number one player you always talk about? Is he going to get, is that going to happen? I, well, so, uh, first of all, I would imagine, I would imagine that LeBron's camp is in full panic mode. Absolutely. Just absolute panic mode because, um, you were banking on LeBron and Magic being able to sell people on coming to LA. It wasn't just a LeBron thing. I think you, you've seen now with the, with his ability or his inability, uh, rather to recruit people to be even in the Space Jam movie. Guys are like, yo, yeah. I'm cool on that. Okay. I don't, I don't, a bit I don't really want to do that. Right. But, but point being, you know, no one's turning Michael down for that. They weren't right. might be like, people were like, yeah, we're there. And, and so I think that you probably see like the allure to be with LeBron to some degree, whether it's fair or not to compare that to basketball, I'm going to do it. I don't think it's there like it used to be. So you needed to pair him with Magic and the Laker brand, and now you've got a, a real sell to someone. When, when you when you lose Magic and the Lakers are in complete dysfunction and all of this information is out there to uh, to support that, if you're any kind of like top-end free agent and, and, and LeBron's in his, what, 18th year coming up? I'm like, man, I'm cool on that, bro. I don't, I don't really, I'm not really interested in that. I wonder if LeBron is taking this personally too. I guarantee you has. Like, I, Magic's going to walk away from me and my team. And at this point, like, this is really a bad look. I hope LeBron is ticked off Dude, look, in his camp. This is a different, this is a different topic, but allow me. LeBron hasn't ever had anyone walk away from him. That's the point. He right? walks away from you. And it's kind of what I was just talking about with the Space Jam thing. I really, you know, I don't, I guess it's just age and father time catches up with everybody, but you know, magic walks away from, from LeBron to some degree. You, you, you've got Paul George that is an LA kid. He'd rather play in Oklahoma City with Russell Westbrook, who people, no one wanted to play with Russell Westbrook. Kawhi had always rumored to go on to come back to LA. Said he'd rather play if for the same, the, the team that plays in the same building with them, the Clippers. Um, you know, it, it, it's a thing where you're going to start seeing like LeBron in camp. You need to be shrewd the way you handle the tail end of his career here because it's not he's not the draw that he used to be. People are not just going to be flocking to that. You know what I wish they would do? Let LeBron be player, coach. Let me <laughs> all run the organization. Say, hey, you've always wanted this. Give it to him. Right. Let him do it and see what happens. No. It won't happen. Yeah. I would love for it to happen. Do you Because think- I would love – I would I would actually root for it. Say, hey, why not – I think it used to be a thing in the 70s. There's guys that have been player coach before. He obviously holds a lot of weight. If you look when Ty Lue was their coach. Sure. Coaching up a lot of guys on the bench. Sometimes they blew off Ty Lue. He's always had a very loud voice. Everyone's always assumed he's he's had – you know, he was – a part of sending away all these players yeah. for Anthony Davis, let him actually do it and put his name on it. Do you think he would want it? Probably no. not because he doesn't have that protection of, hey, it's not me. It's, it's, it's them. Look, a rumor came out the other day. Um, and maybe not a rumor. Somebody, somebody reported it that Kawhi, I mean, not Kawhi, Kyrie would take calls, um, from the Lakers and would take a meeting with the Lakers. All right. So you got that in play. Um, you're still trying to figure out what you do with your coach. You got to figure out what happens with Rob Polinka. I imagine Rob Polinka is probably going to be out of there because I, I really, quite frankly, don't know how good of a job he did either. Um, I can't hang it all on magic. So having said that, there, now you're looking for potential like new GM, somebody that can steer the ship in the right direction. And I would go after and try to test the, the, the Bob Myers of the world and these other, you know, great guys that already have jobs because the Lakers have a whole lot of bread. They can throw it around, see if you can get something. You've got Mitch Kupchak, uh, that's right there across the hall working with the Clippers, but there's a name out there and, he, and uh, full disclosure is my buddy, um, uh, David Griffin. He's done it before with, with LeBron. 
Um, he knows how to navigate those waters. What Griff is really, really good at is navigating those really uh, complex situations. And he's a people person, and he can really sort things out. Not everybody can put out fires. Griff is a fire putter out. He can go in there, and, and he can put out fires. He's great with people. He has a relationship with Luke to some degree, whether Luke's the guy or not, right? But that also gets you back in with Kyrie because – I spent a lot of time with Kyrie because Griff put me with Kyrie to take him to his medical stuff. If anyone can speak to Kyrie, and Kyrie's already kind of said he played that hand wrong with LeBron the last time. You get Griff in there. Now you've got Kyrie saying that he will take the meeting. Griff and Kyrie are really cool. Griff and, and LBJ are really cool. Maybe you have something cooking if you're the Lakers. That's the play for me. Uh, if they do hire Griff, I hope he remembers that talk when you let him down in the car. Don't even think about leaving him. Don't even think about leaving us to go back with Griff and move to L.A. And then the other thing, if Jerry West, who's across the hallway with the Clippers, yeah. if they go back after him. What did I say? Cup check? My yeah. bad. Jerry but, I mean, West, but, yeah. but Jerry West is a guy who probably would have rather been the position instead of Magic. He's right. probably bitter. He's like, now you want me after I've made the Clippers a oh, better yeah. franchise? Oh, yeah. Very possible. More very possible. franchise. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. And My bad, Jerry. My bad. be watching uh, how that unfolds. So two Hall of Fame careers came to a close last night. One right down the road here in Miami. I actually mm. had some friends who like were dying to go to the game. They went and paid the tribute. Yeah. I can't ever imagine doing that, especially in a game that doesn't really matter when they've been eliminated from the playoffs. But it was pretty emotional. There was a lot of, you know, the celebrities were in the house. You had the tribute video paid, uh, to, uh, Dwayne Wade. I mean, I, so here's my take on Dwayne Wade. Second best athlete ever to play in uh, South Florida. Sure. Dan Marino's number one. Yeah. You're okay with that? I'm fine with Even that. Even without the championship? No, I'm fine with that. Because if you have some Dwayne Wade fans, they are not having that. Yeah, I think that's a generational thing. Yeah. I do. I think like our generation is probably going to defer to Dan Marino. Yeah. I mean, he, he, without championships for what he meant to the, to, to, to Dolphins football. And, and I'm fine with the ones who, who revere Dwayne Wade like that. It was, it was dubbed Wade County at one point. So right. I'm cool with that too. Yeah. But I'm rolling with Marino. Yeah. There yeah, you go. Yeah, I like the for sure. roll too. Uh, who's better, D Wade or Paul Pierce? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, we don't want to get into that one. Is that was trending as uh, Paul Pierce said he was better, and hey, I'll tell you what, skewered him. They, they did skewer him, and I, I, Dwayne Wade is probably better. Right. Um, here's what I'd say: definitely the resume is not the resume. Yeah, the resume. You're talking about just players. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can sit here and debate forever about who's the best pure player, but resume, yes, uh, D Wade has it for sure. You could ask, and I said this to you yesterday: a lot of players in Paul Pierce's ilk of a player in his. Um, uh, uh, ability, one championship, um, multiple MVP, I mean, multiple all-star appearances in all NBA teams. Ask them a similar question about, you know, not purely who was better, me or D-Wade, but ask them if they had some of the resources that D-Wade had at his disposal, and they would probably tell you a very similar thing. Not that it's right or wrong. I'm simply saying that guys like that, the way they view it, would probably tell you something similar to what Paul Pierce said. Yeah, that's interesting because Paul Pierce was just getting skewered, and I think you bring an interesting perspective to it that, hey, hold on a second. It's not that crazy to say something like that. And, I mean, Paul Pierce is making his own case. You know, Paul Pierce was a, was a great player. Right. He, you know, he didn't he, have Shaquille O'Neal. He didn't have the big three. He didn't have right. LeBron, Chris Bosh. Right. Like, so we'll see. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
NTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so we did a little bit on D-Way before. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, who... Uh, we talked a little bit about yesterday, and there's been a lot of speculation. We were joking about when he was playing the Clippers and Doc Rivers. They stopped the game and cheering for him, and everybody's like, is he definitely done? Right, right. Well, last night, last home game in Dallas, he does make it official. Uh, he had their first 10 points. He had his second dunk of the season, what? which is pretty crazy. What? Like he did, he had, like it was a great game for Dirk. Uh, it was really cool to see him that. walk in through the crowd. Like they had him walking. He was high five and they had like a thousand people that he was walking through. The first right. thing I would have done is like wash my hands soon. <laughs> before you get in there. But it was, it was really cool. If you asked me what I think is cooler, the way to go out, I would go out like Dirk. Yeah. Like you don't get the, like, cause he didn't get the whole farewell tour at every arena. And if there's anybody that deserves it, it's him. Yeah. Like just as much as D Wade. He's done just Correct. as much. Six all time leading scorer, but he just went out kind of the way he's lived his life or is, and it's played his career is unassuming, pretty humble, just one of the dudes. And that's the way he went out. So you asked me yesterday about Dirk's likability and yeah. there really not being anyone that doesn't like him. That's why. Right. Because he handled what could have been the farewell tour the way he chose to handle it, which was I came into the league kind of as an unknown. Um, I've never taken myself too seriously while I was here, even though I was probably one of the greatest small forward, I mean, uh, power forwards to ever play the game. And I'm going to go out uh, just with a thank you and a 30-point ball, and I'm leaving. And, you know, I didn't have a problem with D. Wade's farewell tour. I think if guys have earned the right and they're that kind of caliber player and they want that farewell tour, I'm fine with that. Uh, Personal preference, though, I really like the way Dirk handled it, too. I think it's what makes him who he is and why people just really enjoy being around him. I do think it's really cool to watch the aging superstar summon these monster performances. Not so much D-Wade's 30, and it's not taking anything away from D-Wade's, but D-Wade's averaging about 15 a game, right. and he's had games this year where you know he can still do that. But like the Kobe when he retired, like that is just a, a champion of champions summoning this one last like effort to just put on this show on the way out. Dirk Nowitzki could barely walk all season. <laughs> right. I love Dirk, but he could barely walk. It looked like it hurt. I said it looked like it hurt him to just be in the layup line. To find a 30 ball on your way out, um, is it's just that's champion stuff. That's a heart of a champion. He's not going to win a championship, but that is the heart, the same heart that that won championships. You know. By the way, did you see what thirty nine year old Jamal Crawford did in the game? No, what he did? He dropped fifty one. Did he really? Yeah. Like, Jamal Crawford's thirty nine. I didn't realize that either. <laughs> I was like, uh, Coca hit me up with his G chat. I'm like, Good Lord, I have my son watching Jamal Crawford clips the other day because Jamal Crawford is filthy with his with his ones and twos and the thirty nine. He yeah. still got it going too. If you had that type of career. Would you have done the D-Wade route or would you have done the Dirk route? If you had... I would have done the Dirk route. I would like to see... I think, the, like, I'm, we're so, talking about this. I think yeah. the... I might have done the D-Wade yeah. thing. Just knowing myself, like, <laughs> hey, why not take the gift? Yeah. Why not shower it on me? Like, have that fun. But I absolutely think Dirk is the better way, the cooler way. I think it's like yeah. a cooler way to do that. Um, Today, at 3 o'clock, we got the Par 3 tournament. Mm. Right here on CBS Sports HQ, you can catch all the Masters highlights okay. throughout the weekend. Uh, it's going to be awesome. You and I are going to be watching them tomorrow. 
Um, but it's getting closer and closer. If you want to know, you can uh, direct stream access on your phone or computer to live coverage all day for each round of the Masters. we got four different streams you can choose between, whether you want the feature groups of the day, Amen Corner, or Holes 15 and 16. It's even got the practice range. You want to see them warm up. The best part, it's entirely free. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone or visit cbssports.com slash Masters First Cut. Be sure to tune in to watch Kyle Porter on CBS Sports HQ, our free 24-hour sports news network, where we'll be reporting live from Augusta National all week long. All right, we haven't broke it down that much as far as who do we like, what are we thinking, why. What First of all, the Masters, I do think, is a unique one-off type of event. Yeah. It's one of the uh, most competitive fields. It's hard to get into. Like last year, I put money... I wanted to put money on Jim Furyk, and I was like, oh, yeah, he's not playing. We're right. about one of the best players in the game. Like, there's very tight restrictions on what gets there. It's the do, do you know them? The restrictions? Um, I don't, admittedly. No, I don't. I don't know them officially. I think, But there's only, I think there's 87 competitors. I right. It's, it's a really small field. You've got to get the invite. Uh, you know, if you get a win on tour, you're exempt. But it's not good enough just to be a top 100 right. player on right, tour. Right, 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 right. There's some really tight restrictions that they have. Which I think is one thing that makes it exclusive. One, the club itself is extremely exclusive. At one time, probably too exclusive, <laughs> you know, in today's society. Correct. But it's also just the flawless conditions. And you can kind of see it on TV, but if you're there, which I'm going to be there on a Saturday, it really is like it's almost like they go Was around that with necessary? scissors. That, <laughs> I know, I just had to that necessary? That a little humble brag, uh, but it, it's just, it's just pristine. It, it really is. It looks like. The most beautiful place on earth. It might be. It, it, I mean, it does. Just like look right. at that. Uh, all over the par three. What hole is that where they're doing the par three and, and the waters there and all the patrons in the background? And that's the eleven, twelve, out. like right there where it's if, over. If you gave me a, like a, a wish, a final wish of a place where I wanted to be, like not people I'd want to be around, or or I would probably want to be there, like with a, a bag of balls, yeah, right, and just firing away at that green. Like yep. you gave me an hour, let me do that. I'll be good. It is cool too, you know. Say what about what makes it unique? Like today's par three tournament. No other tournament does something like that. They let their kids caddy. Sometimes they have their wives caddy. Right. Like the little tiny, like four and five year olds, like in the caddy outfit. Pretty cool. Right. Um, when they're doing their practice rounds, they famously try to skip it across the water and try to do right. like the famous uh, like um, skip shot across. The, it's it's a lot of stuff like that. It's the history, the tradition uh, that I think makes it stand apart. I think golfers revere it that way. Like the actual professional golfers, like the way we're talking about it, like bucket list, they do too. Yeah, that's. I don't think cool. they think that way about a lot of courses. You know, I mean, I'm sure there are some, but. There is something unique. And I think the green jacket that makes you a member forever, that you can go back anytime, like yeah. that is something they value more than any million dollar payday. Yeah, that's really, that, that's really a thing. And I, you know what's a thing for me? I was on Nike the other day. Ooh. The Nike, like they're putting out Masters gear. Like, you know, there's a certain, yeah. You can't just wear anything when you go to the Masters, no, right? You like you have to have a certain look. They put out those 11s, those Master 11s, the Jordan, uh, golf shoes, like, yep. you know, it's a thing. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's, it's cool. It's all that. Right. Um, by the way, we're going to have a shoe showdown at the end of the show. Looking yeah. <laughs> with, uh, how about our boy? Cactus Jacks. How about our boy? Tiger Woods. Yeah. Cause Tiger, I think, and all, all season long this season played in four or five events. He's finished right. Um, to finish it last year, I think both of us in our agreement, like, Hey, it's all about the majors. It's all about the masters. I, I, I forgot this. He hasn't won since 2005. Yeah. Been a long time since he's won at Augusta. I think he wants it as bad as any tournament. Now it's time to deliver. Although it's a ton of pressure on him. The field, as we mentioned, as competitive as it gets. 
I would never bet on him. As I've told you, I think on here before, the bet I took with Tiger is that he wins a major this year, so I got four swings yeah. at it. Um, I wouldn't touch his odds right now, but you better believe I'll be rooting for him. Yeah, I don't think Tiger has. I don't. I don't think Tiger is primed. I don't think his game is. While I think it's in a good spot, I think there are levels of sharpness that you get to when you're playing golf, right? Like when 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 you're sharp enough to win a major, and I don't know that he's there yet. I, I think that. You know, I don't know. He can I summon. He is. I hope you're right, and I'll be cheering for him too. And and there is something to be said for for summoning some of those old ghosts around, you know, Augusta, right? You tap into some of those old experiences and and the history that you personally have there, and the feel that you have there, and all of that has to be factored into how you how you um, how you play. Yep. Uh, but in terms of just game sharpness, I'm not sure that he's sharp enough to win this week. But I too will be pulling for Tiger. The thing to watch with Tiger is the par fives. How does he play the par fives? Because if you look at his scores in 82 Masters rounds, mm-hmm. he's 28 over par in the par threes. He's 40 over par in the par fours. Par fours, but he's 156 under <laughs> on the par fives. His length. Remember, they they tried to tiger proof the course right. by backing it up. Now everybody bombs it, but that's always been something that's been a difference maker for him. And the flat stick, like can he get the putting done, uh, will be something into uh, to see with him. Do you think that because you know par fives is talked about your driver and stuff, right? Like yep. playing with John Rom, yeah, and his pairing with John Rom, who's, who's a bomber, who smokes it. Yep, is that. Do you think Tiger can stay within himself? I always worry about that with him now when he's playing with these young guns that can really pipe it. Yep. And he's looking around. Everybody's human, man. You know, I play with you and I hit the ball pretty far. Right. And then you step up there and stroke one and I'm like, <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? And you're right. and then it's off to the right. You, right. You think I that? think it probably does get into his head a little bit. I would hope after as much success he's had, but you know, there's that competitive sure. Like, hey, you know, he's, if he, I'm sure he gets tired of watching it out there 20 yards past him every single time. And I don't even know if he's that far behind John Rahm, but I'm sure every once in a while he'd mm. like to see his ball go a little bit farther. But that's when you have to stay within yourself. And that's where his caddy, Joe LaCava's got to like say, hey, don't worry about him. Right. It's your game. Right. Your course. It's kind of like my daughter. Like I tell her, don't worry about anybody else. Yeah. You take your game. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get fired. Get fired in the, in the process. All right, welcome back to Kinell and Bell. This should be a fun uh segment here for us because we're going to dive deep mm-hmm. into the NHL playoffs. Can you, Rajah Bell, name a team that's in the playoffs? Bro, Carolina Hurricanes, man. <laughs> oh, look at it. Did you see, if you're watching on TV, if you're watching on the screen, it's CBS Sports, you definitely looked down on I that one to get a little not. one. I'll go with the uh, Maple Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be fine. All right. So since we obviously know nothing about hockey, let's bring in our buddy. Yeah. Pete Blackburn knows what's going on. He's a fantastic follow on Twitter, at Pete Blackburn, from Boston, like grew up in the area. He knows all about the game. But I got to be like, Pete, this isn't the Oscars. Like, you don't have to do outfit changes here on CBS Sports HQ. Because I saw you earlier on HQ wearing, like, a suit and a different shirt. Now you come out here with a casual shirt. I, I must say, this is a nice-looking shirt, though. But we, Listen, you know. We... <laughs> I got my I got my instructions. It said, this is a casual show. I listen to the show. I like the show. It's casual. I was wearing a jacket before, so I'm trying to fit the vibe here. All right, this is perfect. a great shirt, so, so so leave me alone. All right. No, it does. It does look good. It's a yeah, good-looking shirt. It's a nice shirt. shirt. Yeah. Um Listen, Pete, I want to ask you about the playoff structure um, in the NHL. Why is it so confusing, and what are they trying to achieve with it at the end of the day? Yeah, it is confusing. I mean, it's confusing for, for us hockey fans a lot of the time, trying to figure out who's playing who and, and how the seeding's going to work. And, you know, it's, it's sort of a mess. But the, the reason why it exists is that the NHL wanted divisional rivalries in the first round. So 
Uh, you see two and three, uh, you know, division teams that finish the second and third seeds. They'll play each other uh, in the in the first round. That's why you get matchups like Boston and Toronto back to back years. Then you get you know San Jose and Vegas, which is sort of a budding rivalry as well. So uh, they 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 cause intriguing matchups, but sometimes you'll end up with with teams that probably don't deserve to be playing each other in the first round. Toronto and Boston is is one that I certainly look at. Those are two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And one of them is going to be out in the first round. So it's frustrating. It would probably be easier and probably make more sense to just have like a one through eight or something like that. Uh, but, you know, the NHL loves to avoid sensibility a lot of the time. So Raja and I, mostly me, not really Raja, we like to throw some money around on some events that are out there. The Tampa Bay Lightning are the heavy favorite. Uh, nine to five on, uh, the book I'm looking at. You got the Bruins, Flames at, uh, 10 to one odds. You got the Predators at 12 to one, along with San Jose Sharks. Do you see any value in those other teams, or is it going to be Tampa Bay walking away with this thing? I mean, Tampa Bay has the best shot. They've been the best team in hockey, wire to wire, and they're dominant. And if, if they don't win, something went wrong. Um, but I do like, you know, anything can happen when you get in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Like, it's a playoff that, that, Anybody can win. I really like Vegas. I think that Vegas is probably your best bang for your buck in terms of betting. I think that Vegas has a really high ceiling, maybe the highest ceiling of any team in the West. The problem is they're kind of inconsistent. So, you know, you're taking a gamble there, but you're taking a gamble no matter who you bet on. So I think if if you're looking for a good bang for your buck bet, Vegas is who I'd I'd tell you to take. All right. Um, Let me ask you about storylines in in terms of are there any teams out there in the playoffs that maybe a casual fan like myself should be rooting for and why? Carolina is a team that is very, very easy to like. And I know that you mentioned that them as the one team that you knew was in the playoff (laughs) picture. (laughs) So, you know, they've been a really fun team. It's a non-traditional hockey market. They've had a lot of fun all year round. Uh, they played basketball on the ice uh, after one of their wins. Uh, so they're a really fun team and, you know, an easy team to root for. But, you know, there are plenty of teams that, that have good storylines surrounding them. One that I, that I per- am personally rooting for, I know I just said Vegas is a great pick, but they're playing the Sharks in the first round. Joe Thornton is a guy who's getting up there in age. He's never won. As a guy from Boston, I love Joe Thornton. He's one of the most genuine, uh, you know, talented players in the game for a long, long time. He's a guy that I grew up with uh, in Boston. He was like one of the first players I can remember rooting for. He hasn't won, and it's, you know, it's really devastating to think that he may not get one. So I'm rooting for him uh, to finally get his cup. And I don't know if it's going to be this year, and I don't know if he's got many more runs in him. But uh, that's one that I would root for as well if you like personal stories. All right, who do we hate? The Maple Leafs? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Screw Toronto. I mean, I'm a Boston guy, so there's a little bit of bias there, but uh, I'm also a huge fan of Schadenfreude, and and, uh, and I just love the fact that they haven't won in so long, and I love the misery that comes with that hockey market, especially because it feels like the, like the Toronto market, like they, they have some claim to owning hockey, and, you know, they, they, they feel like they deserve a cup. And, and I just love the, the idea of them going out and getting John Tavares this, this past summer and adding him to a, to an offense that was already one of the best in the league. And it's still not being enough. Those tears would be so, so sweet. And I cannot, cannot wait for it because I think that the Bruins are going to win in round one again. Love it. All right. I love it too. <laughs> hey, good stuff, Pete. Thanks for joining us, man. Make sure you wear that shirt out tonight. It could work, it could work well Thank for you, you out in the town much. in Boston. All right, man. We'll see you. Thank you. Good stuff. Uh, make sure you go follow Pete on Twitter at Pete Blackburn. All right. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. 
talking a little shoe game. We are going to finish the show with a little shoe showdown. Before Can I, I, I need to say something. What? Nike golf. Yeah. You're starting to tick me off. Right. I, Sizes. I am Nike, like true and true. I'm all the way. I bleed Nike blue. I mean, I, I right. keep rhyming if you want, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to stop. Look, I love Nike, and they stopped making their golf shoes in 15s. Yeah, that's messed up. Why? How do you cut it off what at 14? What size is Ray Allen wear? Uh, those guys can get them. That's Jordan brand stuff. Right. But they're Jordan athletes, which, which is fine. I'm not even really getting to rip never like helping me get a pair of golf shoes. <laughs> oh. Although all it would require is helping me buy a pair of golf shoes. Right. That's all you're looking to be my for. buddy. I, I, I'm not going to get into that. But I don't understand how you draw the line at a 14 that I can buy on Nike.com. Right. And you don't let me buy a fit. You don't even make the shoes in 15s. Nowhere. No, you can't. They have to be custom. So they if you stop. buy them like on StockX, they're going to be like 10 grand because there's no 15s out there. There are no 15s. They don't make them anymore. They, they, they used to make 15s where you could buy only in certain styles. Sometimes it was the more pedestrian style, but right. now they're not even giving you the option not to buy those. those. Man, I'm not, I used to be a Nike guy. Yeah. And then they stop paying me. So I'm open to anybody, <laughs> but I'll be a Nike guy if they want to start. Yeah, I'll even do it for swag. I'll even do it for beer. Like we can be bought for sure. Right. right. Um, you know who can't be bought? Giannis and Tenacupo. Okay. Because there was a lot of speculation. He was offered Space Jam 2, which LeBron is going to be a producer in, probably be the star of. Uh, he has turned it down. He said, I don't like being Hollywood. Man, this is the guy I want on my franchise. I am focused on a title. I want my guy in the weight room in the offseason who doesn't have time for Hollywood. Uh, can I ask you a question? Do you think... Do you think this is like a, a little bit of the language barrier? Because sometimes when you're, I mean, he speaks fluent English, obviously, right? But if, if culture nuance, like yeah, or did he did he take shots? Is that a shot? Is that a shot at one LeBron James? Is it a shot, or is it just him kind of saying, I, I, I don't like the Hollywood lifestyle. I don't really want to be out in Hollywood. Or is this a shot? Like you are Hollywood, and I don't like being Hollywood. I don't want the extra drama. I think Giannis is very smart. So therefore, I don't think it's a direct shot. Uh -huh. I think he's trying to do the right thing from a young player who doesn't have a championship yet, who doesn't have that MVP. Maybe he gets it now. I think he's saying, now is not my time to be Hollywood. Right. Like, I want to be more focused on being a player. Let me which build I out love. this jump shot and work yeah. on some stuff in the offseason. Okay. Although, that being said, I mean, you can't shoot jumpers for 24 hours. Like a shoot's probably going to be like five or six hours. Like yeah. there's always not. In fact, I think Coca they, told they me built a court on set. Yeah, they built a court, so you could have been working out with LeBron. Uh, there were other options. I mean, who knows? I, I maybe it's just Tell maybe. It. And it, well, I think what it's it might a be, thing, man, is that the people are running thing. away from LeBron. It's a thing, and it's not. It's not just in your face. Like I can't prove it. It's not right there. There's no real proof, but it's a thing. I think the draw, like. It used to be a huge magnetism. You drew, you were drawn to that. I don't believe it to be the same as it used to be. Man, that's got to be tough. I wonder if LeBron is aware of this. He's got to feel it. There's got to, because I think as amazing as he is, I think he's a little insecure mm -hmm. with his legacy, uh, the way he hears criticism and he kind of, you know, he's very sensitive about it. I think it probably does affect him and bothers him, uh, deep down, you know, and it, but it's hard to be LeBron. Like look at Michael Jordan. Like at his Hall of Fame ceremony, you think like he sounded bitter, he sounded angry, right? Like at the end, like when you're a superstar, sometimes it can be very lonely. Absolutely, you have a lot of guys that want to be around you because you're a different stratosphere. Like Absolutely. LeBron's a billionaire, a lot of these guys make a lot of money, but they don't make that kind of money. There's jealousy. There's all kind of issues that get in the way when you're talking about that type of superstardom. Tiger Woods, another guy, it's like it's, it's, he doesn't have a lot of friends in the PGA Tour. It's hard. I think a lot of that has to do with who they are too as people. Because I've known some superstars. A, a, a lot of them that you just mentioned were really, you know. Kind of insulated from 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 
you know, a lot of people and they kept a really, really tight circle. And then there are other ones that had big circles and were kind of life of the party guys and everyone wanted to be around them. So that's personality type two. I would say this, LeBron is going to be, if this is, if this winds up being true and it's hard for him to draw free agents and, you know, the, the, the allure isn't the same. You're going to get a super, super motivated, like 30 yeah. whatever year old he is. He right. is going to be grinding this summer. That's one thing I don't question is whether or not he's going to get his body right and his game right to come back next year and make a statement. According to ESPN's Malika Andrews, uh, Giannis is known to have reclusive tendencies. Uh, the non-starter was that he would have had to miss two weeks of private workouts to train uh, while making the movie. His quote was, I don't like being Hollywood. And here's where it gets a little dicey. I don't like all this extra drama. That's what I'm saying, Just man. Try to be me. Yeah, okay. So we'll have to see who else uh, LeBron can ra- uh, rally the troops there to get in, in uh, Space Jam too. The Masters. Let me give you some props. There are some fantastic bets that are out yeah. there. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you four guys. This is a great bet, Coke. I did not know these existed. I'm gonna give you four guys. You tell me who you think is gonna win. Out of you the get, four. You, yeah, you just get these four guys, and then you have to pick the winner of them. All right, so Rory. Rory so, oh, going. I have to pick the – not of whether one of them four. will win. Who no, will place better? the other four. So, All right. like, this is a foursome. Picture yes. these guys playing a foursome, essentially. Got it. Rory McIlroy, plus 200. Dustin Johnson, plus 240. Justin Rose, plus 260. Or Justin Thomas, plus 350. Justin Rose. Really? Yep. He has been playing good. He's sneaky. Yep. I would go with Justin Thomas. I think that's exceptional value at plus 350. Yeah. I think he's just as good as those guys. His odds to win the whole thing aren't that much different. Right. Um, so that one's good. That's a great group of guys, too. Really competitive golf. All right, I'm going to give you a second group. Mm. We'll see if we can test your love for Tiger mm. here. We got Tiger. Mm. He's the favorite, plus 225. Ricky Fowler, plus 250. Jordan Spieth, plus 265. And Brooks Kepka. Plus two seventy five. So this one is a really tight knit group as far as the odds go. Who do you think? Who do you think wins out of these four? This foursome. There are two names that I want to take: Brooks and Jordan. And I'm going to take Jordan. And I know he has not been playing well. Yep. But he also has a thing at Augusta. He does he plays well at Augusta? He does. And he's got a little bit more value there than Tiger. I'm going to take. I'm going to take Jordan Spieth. What was really interesting is Brooks Kepka has taken some heat recently. Has he really? So he lost a lot of weight, and All he was right. never fat, but he was a little bit bigger. Sure. So he was doing a photo shoot for ESPN, the magazine, The Body Issue. Okay. Where you're going to be with your shirt on, and you're, na- you're naked. And right. Thing. And so he lost 24 pounds. He said he had a diet of 1,800 calories a day, really slimmed down, like trimmed down. Um, Brandel Chambly, who works for the Golf Channel, ripped him, shredded him. He, he, he rips a lot of people. He ripped Tiger a lot. Right. I don't Brooks Kepka's played all right this season. It's yeah. not like his game is falling apart. What did he rip him for? Because he said it was reckless irresponsibility, career sabotage to do this to your body when he won two out of four majors last year. You know, he's had a, he had a great year golfer, PGA player of the year last year, and now he's going to change his body. The only thing I would think if you're Brandon Chambly you can go to is his colleague at the Golf Channel is David Duvall. I don't know if you remember him. He was number one in the world. Right. And then he got shredded. It wasn't for a golf shoot. He got shredded and it was like people didn't recognize him. They're like, whoa, who is this guy who's been working out? Used to wear that, used to wear those, like the. Yes, he was uh, really nerdy and a little bit doughy. Yeah. And then he got cut and like, but he also was in a snowboarding accident and had an injury. And then his career, like he was never the same. Uh, Okay. And people said it might have been the way he changed his body. I think Kepka lost some weight. I don't think he changed his entire body type. Out of that group, I'm going with Tiger. You're going with. Yeah, you know it. Bro, ride with Tiger. Yeah, you know it. Uh, plus 225, uh, out of Tiger. Randall Shambly, pump your brakes, dog. If anybody knows their body, it's, it's, it's the athlete. Will Tiger have the lead after the first round? No. I don't think so either. I think he's going to like be right in the mix. He's going to be exactly where he needs to. 
Uh, and then he'll be fine. He's, you know, he's not going to, the leaders oftentimes in the Masters, some oh. no name dude that yeah. you've never heard of. He'll fall apart. Comes on. Out and sh- yeah. And then yeah, he, and fall he falls apart. Will he make the cut? Yeah. 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 He he's going to make the cut. Sure. What about the lowest round shot in the tournament? Ooh. 64 and a half is the number. I don't think anybody goes below 64 and a half. I would take the over on that one. I'll go over with you. All right. Uh, you know what time it is? It's Wednesday. Part three time. Oh, shoe showdown. Shoe show, uh, the par three contest starts at three o'clock, but before then. What were the results from last three, week? I mean, it wasn't even close. Yeah, it was yeah. Really I mean, a landslide. Trying, I, I, it was afterwards, like a, I was like, nah, I kind of came so in then, pretty weak with so the So you know what happened? I actually, I took it a little easy on you. Oh, did you? I took it a little easy on you. I mean, I brought something. Okay, let's see. You what, go what, first. Wait, right. did I go first last week or did you go first? I think you might have. So all these right. are Air Jordan ones. Uh huh. Retro OG high. Okay? okay. Now, see, here's the thing that you always do. It's even written right there, which is really cool. Yeah. Actually, that's one of my favorite SP things about it. SP19 Air Jordan High. OG. Yeah, those are kind of yeah, dope, right? Gangsters. Just pretty, just yeah. Simple. I like you know, those. Under, so you I like always those. bring. I have no story. I'm going story list today. Well, so here's my story. Uh, oh, 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 here's you always go with game worn. All right. These survived an avalanche in Colorado on I-70. Yeah. I had to hop. They still have snow. There's snow on there. These I like are game worn in the avalanche. I like those. Yeah, I'm sensing a Jordan theme with you, though. I'm, I might have to. We might have to get out of the Jordan family maybe you do whatever you want to do back to back i'm gonna go with the gamma 11s i'm gonna go with the patent leather gamma 11s i don't remember when they were re-released these were not game worn or anything like that i rarely buy jays but i really love the 11s and so these are these are my size 15 those are pretty dope i like those a lot yeah yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I'm have to check that. I don't defer. Let the people speak. No, no, no. I like those. I mean, I, I mean, I like. Old, I like. Old I like those two. I like ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think so but you too. Just keep putting it up there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for more. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's trying to cover my face. That's what he does there. All right, good stuff. I love our shoe showdown. We need to sponsor. Do we have a watch party? Is that? Are we having a watch party for one of these uh, first Tomorrow rounds? Friday. We'll see if Coco oh, let us. He's been grumpy. It's done. Coco let yeah. let you. I think we need live reaction, wow. live cut-ins. Let's watch every shot. Amen. Corner. Let's do it.